Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is January 25th. Today we are going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog, but before we do that, I have to apologize for the poor audio quality yesterday. It was super late and I couldn't get it to work right, and so I figured a podcast with bad audio was better than no podcast at all, and so I uploaded it. Hopefully you guys could hear it and understand it okay, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. I've got all the kinks ironed out for now, and hopefully it stays that way. So let's continue on. Yesterday, we talked about John calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees, calling them vipers. We talked about the idea of them having this toxic effect on faith. And the reason being because they were so obsessed with the law that they had removed Christ from it completely. Now, what's interesting is, again, comparative gospels, we get the opportunity to see how the story changes a little bit from each writer's perspective. But we're going to flip over to Luke. Now, again, Luke is writing to the Gentiles. And here he says a very similar thing, but there's one thing that's very different in Luke's account that I think is worth noting. In Luke chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So the message is very similar. The difference is the audience. Isn't that so interesting that with Matthew, he specifically says that it's for the Sadducees and the Pharisees, whereas Luke, who is speaking to, again, the Gentiles, he makes it broad. He says it to the multitude. What I love about this is it gives me the opportunity to recognize that sometimes we all have a little Sadducee or Pharisee in us. Oftentimes when we read the scriptures and we read the stories that are found there, we like to see ourselves as the John the Baptist type, right? We like to see ourselves as the good, the righteous, the repentant. And sometimes, truth be told, We are the Sadducees or the Pharisees. We like to see ourselves as the Nephites, but sometimes we're the Lamans and Lemuels. And so here when Luke opens it up and he says it to the multitude, when he calls the multitude a generation of vipers, it gives us the opportunity to step back for a minute and to reflect, am I guilty of this sometimes? Do I get so focused on the commandment that I lose sight of the God who gave it? Do I get so focused on the action that I forget that that action is supposed to point me to Christ and lead me to him? So I think that's such an interesting difference that we see there in Luke. Now, continuing on in Luke, we're going to see something really interesting. And again, we see a similar thing in Matthew. Verse 8 says, Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Now, that's such an interesting verse, and honestly, almost a little bit confusing. So let's break it down a little bit by a little bit. First of all, I love that Luke says, Bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. Our action should speak our repentance, right? It doesn't do us a ton of good to repent if we haven't changed our actions yet. And so our actions should tell God about the repentant spirit in our heart. Our actions should match the level of our repentance. And so I just love that. That idea of bringing forth fruit is a good reminder that what we do matters. 
It matters as much or more than just professing repentance. Then he goes on and he says, don't begin to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. Now, what exactly does this mean? Here, John is saying to the Jews, it's not enough for you to be a descendant of Abraham. Here, I'm preaching to you repentance and baptism. It's not enough for you to say, oh, I don't need baptism. Abraham was my father. Why Abraham? He could have said anyone. He could have said Isaac. He could have said Moses. He could have said Joseph. He could have said any of those Old Testament prophets, right? Why specifically Abraham? Because he wanted to make reference to the covenant. Here, John is saying it's not enough that you were part of the covenant of Abraham. It's not enough that your descendancy had this covenant relationship with God. That's not enough. Don't say to yourself, I'm okay, because my great, 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 great uncle four times removed was Abraham, and he made a covenant with God. What we do, what you and I do, matter. It's not enough that our parents and grandparents loved family history and they did their research. What are you doing? It's not enough that my grandma was so diligent about reading her Book of Mormon. What am I doing? We can't rely on the faith of our parents and our grandparents or the covenants that they made. We have to be willing to make those covenants and have those covenants change us as well. President Benson once said, and I always thought it was such an interesting phrase, he said, it seems to me that in spiritual matters, mankind is inclined very much to ignore the presence and worship the past. That in spiritual matters, often we look backwards to see what had been done and to pat ourselves on the back for things that our ancestors have done, rather than to take those same steps of faith. I was doing family history with my son this last Sunday because he recently became a young man and he's super excited about temple and family history work. We were going through things and we came across a story of an ancestor that we're so proud of. And I was telling him this story and the faith and he was so moved by it and he was so excited and he was so excited to tell his other grandparents about this story. But what I should have done is said this was an incredible act of faith by one of your ancestors. What's your act of faith? What do you do today to match and honor the faith of those who have come behind? And it feels to me that that was a similar question to what John was asking the people. He was asking them to bring forth fruits of repentance, for them to bring forth fruit to show their faith and to not rely on their ancestors, to not rely on the fact that Abraham had made a covenant with God and that that covenant had been passed on but to rise up and to do things for themselves, to show action now, to strengthen faith and to show their faith. He continues on and says, For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. I absolutely love that. It's so poetic. John is saying, look, don't just say, hey, Abraham in the past, he was the one that made the covenants and I'm his posterity, so I'm good now. He said, God is able to take you stones, you lowly stones on the ground, and he's able to rise you up to the level of Abraham. But only if we're willing to do the work. Abraham received the blessings that Abraham received because Abraham showed the faith that Abraham showed. He paid the price. He did the work of faith to receive the blessings that he received. And his posterity, it seems, expected to receive the same blessings without any of the faith. And so here John is reminding them what they do matters. 
Elder Uchtdorf once said that diligently doing the things that matter most will lead us to the Savior of the world. My friends, this is not just a gospel of hearing the word only, but being doers of the word, being willing to pay the price and to act according to our faith. Now, what's beautiful here is that after John tells them that it's not enough just to be a child of Abraham, they have to do something. Listen to the response of the people. In verse 10, it says, and the people asked him saying, what shall we do then? There are two things that I love about this. First, their humility. Here they get called out as vipers, right? And rather than clap back and have this pride flare in them, they take a step back and they say, okay, what do we need to do to make it better? What do we need to do to better follow Christ? Such an incredible example. But my friends, we would all do well to ask ourselves this question every now and then. Or better yet, to ask Heavenly Father this question every now and then, what shall we do? If it is not enough to just be a hearer of the word, then we need to ask God what he would have us do to live the word and to better follow Christ. It's my testimony that as we put our faith into action, as we pay the price for our faith, that our Father in heaven will bless us with power and we will draw nearer to Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.